Amen. Are y'all ready? Get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Romans chapter 5. Last Wednesday, what did I preach on? Two men who changed the world and don't say Jesus and Paul. So y'all finally got it. I asked Mark and I says, who's the two men that changed the world? And he said, Jesus and Adam. And I said, you're the only guy I know that got it right. As a matter of fact, Sunday morning, he was all over my sermon, wasn't he? Yeah, he was all over it. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to read some stuff tonight and show you why we're doing what we're doing. This is actually in my opinion, one of the most powerful things you'll ever learn in your entire life. And I'll tell you why that is in a minute. Romans 5, let me go over there. Hmm? Can I pull my ears back? Now you can't hear me. That's good. Oh, someone keeps bending this thing. I think Mark Hankins bent it. He put it on the left side. Let me see. Yeah, Mark did it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. I have to quit, quit loaning it to people. Now, one, two, three. We'd like to taxi to the active. All right. Okay. Romans, um, Romans chapter five. Sermon tonight is called One Man. Of course, two men last week, one man today. We just narrowed it down to one now. Romans 5, let's start with verse 12. Therefore, just as one man, sin, entered the world, death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there was no law. Now, you understand that from Adam to Moses, there was no written rules of right and wrong, but were people reaping the results of it? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. So I'm going to make a statement to you, and I want you to think about it. If you've ever wanted to blame someone for the mess in your life, you really can do it. It really is because of Adam. We inherited in the natural all the hell he created. And that was passed down to all mankind because of Adam. And that's what we're going to learn here tonight. Adam is really the reason that you're in the mess that you're in. A lot of people say, what in the Sam Hill did I ever do to deserve all this crap? Nothing. And yet, before I gave my heart to Jesus... I went through hell and high water. And I don't know what in the world I did to cause all of this mess until I met Jesus and I was redeemed from the curse of the law. Everything changed in Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you this in the Bible because the world has the idea today that you're in the mess you're in just because of the sins you've committed. Well, you do reap what you sow. You might want to back up. But yet we're in a fallen world and the world is in the mess, and if you run around with people right now that are not born again, they're under a curse, and they know it, but they don't know who's causing it, and they're not happy about it because nobody's ever opened the Bible and said, you might want to change families. All right. Nevertheless, verse 14, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. So there it is. Who is a type of him, that's Jesus, who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. In other words, it's, it's far above it. For if by one man, that's Adam's offense, many died. Now, un, now look at your Bible right there. And, and if you have your Bible, I really wish you'd just learn to mark it up. Because When we look at the world outside of Jesus... We think that God is upset at them because they're sinners. No. Listen, they're not in sin. They're dead. They're dead. They are separated from God because of Adam, and they're dead in sin. They cannot do anything to get undead. 
but it wasn't something they did. It was something Adam did. So the point that God is going to make here is if what Adam did killed everyone, then what Jesus did made everyone righteous, though they did nothing. Now, that's hard for you to handle. God has declared you, he declared you dead because of Adam, but righteous because of Jesus. So the Bible is really about two races of people that are on the earth today, Adam's race and Jesus' race. And, and that, that's, even today, that's hard for people to hear and understand. So, so let's go back and let's read this. So the free gift is not like the offense, which means it's exceeding abundantly. For by one man's offense, Adam, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. The gift is not like that which came through the one man, the one who sinned, Adam, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in the condemnation. Now, underline that in your Bible because I want to explain a word to you now. We use the word judgment in America. And the word judgment is actually a minor word. It's not a big, heavy-duty word. You know when girls are ice skating and they have the little numbers and they go a six and a four? That's judgment. They're not going to take her out and kill her. That's judgment. But the word condemnation would mean that if she falls on the ice, they're going to kill her. Condemnation is a very heavy word. It means to damn you. Con is the word with, con, and damnation is damnation. So the word condemnation means that you are eternally damned forever, never coming out of it. So with everybody who's Satan, as of the, the resurrection, is eternally damned. And the church is eternally blessed because of Jesus. Now, the reason, one of the reasons I'm preaching this to you, and we'll get into it in a minute, unless you're established in righteousness, you will never have more than a very feeble faith. You're always trying to trust God to do something for you. You're defeated, and he's up in heaven, and you're down here, and you're trying to get a hold of a holy God, and you, and you live and pray as though you, you know, you're, you're kind of the, 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 the little dog on the porch that nobody wants and nobody likes, and the devil you know, does a real good job of beating you up, and so you just kind of crawl around on your belly all your life just hoping to get them something from God. And nothing could be further from the truth. Because you're a joint heir with Jesus, that means that when he rose from the dead, everything that belonged to him, God gave it to you. Yeah. Not when you die, now. Now, I'll show you why the church doesn't have it. It's a big deal. And it's easy. Everybody say it's easy. I don't want you to go, oh. y'all look like I'm scaring you. Verse 17, no, came the one man resulting in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. That's the word righteousness. Verse 17, for by one man's offense, that's Adam, death, spiritual death, reigned through the one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one man's offense, judgment, that's Adam, came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so one man's righteous act, Jesus, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, see, that wasn't your fault, so by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. <clears throat> Moreover, the law entered, and the offense might abound, for where sin abounded, a grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, hold your place there, and, um, well, I don't want you to, I don't want you to, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to show you something. Are you all ready to Star Trek a little bit? 
I, want, I got three people that want to go with me. All right, the rest of you wake up. I'm going to wake you up tonight, and we're going to wake you up. All right. I'm going to take you someplace tonight. Most of you have never heard anything like what I'm fixing to preach. And you, and you may never again unless you come back to this church. And I'm not saying that I'm smarter than anybody else. Well, I sort of am. There's no reason for ministers not to know this if they would read and follow the Holy Ghost. They, they would know it. They're too busy trying to draw a crowd than to feed the sheep. All right. Now listen to this in Genesis um, chapter 2, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. All right, somebody that has a Bible out with a, with a concordance in the middle, show me what the reference says about the, one, the word surely. Dying, you'll die. The word surely is the Hebrew word dying. The, the, the people who wrote the Bible did not know what to do with the phrase, dying, you will die. Because they thought, how can you die because you're dying? But they should have just translated it and left it alone and figured God knew more than them. So they put it in a little side and they used the word surely as though, well, you're really going to die. No, it's not. that's not what it said. <coughs> what that says in the Hebrew is the day you eat, you are going to die spiritually. You will be separated from God because of sin. And eventually, your body's going to catch up. Dying, you're going to die. So when the Bible talks about death, and I'm going to prove this to y'all. Listen, now I'm going to make a statement about Christians, and I don't want you to sound like, make it sound like I have a superiority complex. I don't. But a carnal Christian, everything in the Bible is physical. Jesus' death on the cross is physical. His resurrection is physical. You're going to heaven is physical. Everything's physical. They think the nails took your sins. It didn't. Jesus was immortal. You could nail him on the cross forever and he wouldn't have died. Him who knew no sin became sin. When he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God poured all of the sin of mankind on him. And he bore the weight of it all. When he was in the garden that day, going, God, is there another way to do this? He wasn't bothered by the nails, guys. I mean, he's a little tougher than that. Not that I would want anybody to poke some nails in me either. He did not want to take the sin of all humanity. Now, let me, can I get ahead of myself? What was the greatest display of power in the universe? The resurrection. Why? Because God did not raise Jesus from the dead. He raised all mankind from the dead. At the same time. Because you were in him. Are y'all seeing this now? So Adam became representative man. Adam was representative man. Jesus was representative man. In a blood covenant, you always have someone who represents the covenant. It's rarely the king. It's rarely the man cutting the covenant. There's always a second party that is the representative to the king. So Jesus represented Father God and mankind in the cutting of a blood covenant. We are in a blood covenant that cannot be dissolved with God. Because God swore to destroy himself if he ever breaks it. That's a powerful thing, God. When we're singing about nothing but the blood, you better get happy. Because it's that blood that causes you to be welcome in the throne room. When you're pleading the blood, you can walk in and talk to God. He don't see nothing you ever did. He don't see nothing you've done wrong. He's just looking at the blood of Jesus, and he's answering your prayers because of the blood of Jesus. All right. 
So we see that. Now go to Ephesians, and I'm going to prove what I just said to you. Because if I don't prove it to you, you know, you'll walk out of here and go, that guy is really making some wild statements. Book of Ephesians, chapter 2. So Adam did die spiritually. So I'm going to ask you a $100 question. Don't answer because I don't want you to get mad at me because you say something dumb. If Jesus is God, can he die spiritually? Yes. Is he God? Was he tempted? But God can't be tempted. I know your brain is working now. I can hear cogs turning that haven't turned in years. All right, now I'm going to explain the mystery of it. Jesus never did anything on the earth as God. The only thing he ever did as God was, was, to, was the blood flowing through his veins. But he left all deity behind and walked the earth totally as man. He defeated Satan as a man. It, had, it was a man that died spiritually. Now listen to me. It was a man that, 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 get, that got us in this mess. It had to be a man that got us out of it. But it couldn't be a man born in the lineage of Adam because all men die in Adam. So it had to have been a man that was born outside of Adam, but yet he was man. So God had to become human through Mary and be totally man. And this is the reason the demons hollered at Jesus and said, we know who you are. You don't have the right to cast us out. And he told him to shut up because he didn't come to the earth as God. He came to the earth as a human. Got tired like you got, was tempted like you, went through, went through pain like you. And so the thing about it is, that's why the name Jesus is the most powerful name on the earth because it's the name of a man. So God defeated Satan as a man, and he had to become a man to redeem you and I as man. So when he went to the cross, he didn't go, in, he didn't go for himself. He went for me, and he went for you. But he became representative man. All right. Is this all right? Are y'all getting this? I'm, I hope I'm not going too fast. I feel like I'm feeding you with a fire hydrant. <coughs> all right. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to show you something else. So if any man is in Christ, once you're born again, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. Right? Everybody quotes it. I don't think most people believe it, but they quote it anyway. Now I'm going to read something to you from Hebrews. And this is hard for you to hear if you're thinking physical. Now you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Your, your soul is not saved. Your flesh is not saved. But your spirit man is. The minute you get born again, there's a little war that goes on in with you between your spirit man and your flesh. Okay? Now, this explains why. I don't know whether you all have read or not. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish. This is the condemnation of light came in the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Listen, people don't go to hell for sinning. Because everybody already sinned. They go to hell for rejecting Jesus. It's already been paid, but why do men reject Jesus? You think, well, they don't believe. No, no, no. They, oh, listen, there's no such thing as an atheist because the fact that they're trying to prove there's no God is the greatest proof there is a God, and they believe it, that I've ever seen. Because if there was no God, there would be no need for an atheist. Just a little thought. I told an atheist that one time. I laughed at him. I said, man, you are just like preaching the gospel. It's so funny. Heathen, heathen are not real intelligent. Are y'all ready for this? I'm fixing to read something to you. Hebrews 10, 14. Wow. For by one offering, he has perfected Forever, those who are being sanctified. He's, he did what to you? All right, and I'm going to get you to make a confession. You know the bumper sticker? 
I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven. The bumper stickers is dead wrong. Your bumper sticker should say, I'm not just forgiven, I'm perfect. Now, until you see yourself, now, I'm not talking about, see, the difference is, you're not talking about something you did. I am perfect. Yeah, you are. But if you're not perfect, you can't go to heaven. And you're not going to be perfect when you die. You've got to be perfect right now. Now, that, that'll change your image of yourself real fast. Well, I'm not just junk. No, we're not. This is good news, isn't it? I'm going to show you how to, we're going to get rid of some sin consciousness here in a minute. Oh, boy. Hebrews 12, 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that's us, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made what? Perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of a new blood covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks of better things than that of Abel. He said, you're perfect. Now, why am I preaching this to you? Because as long as you are trying to become, you will never arrive. All of that is works of your flesh. I got to go to church more. I've got to pray more. I've got to study more. I've got to spend more time with God. And you're on a treadmill and you will never arrive. The perfection God demands is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and we will never merit it. It had to have been given to you as a gift so that you start your Christian life perfect. That way you're not worried about whether you prayed today or not. You get to pray. And you love praying because God's not mad at you. And you're not praying because you have to. You're praying because you get to. And once you find out that Jesus did it all, you find yourself in the throne room all the time. Talking to God and having a ball with him and walking with God and all the stuff. And you're thinking, my God, I started. I've been praying hours a day and I don't know how that happened. I found out I was perfect. Do y'all see that? Now, as long as the devil can beat you up, and honey, he's going to try. Come on, y'all. I'm, 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 listen, I'm fixing to read something to us. Now, this is a book called The Bloodline of a Champion, and there aren't any out there. Me and Tony tried to find one because Tony always gets mad at me and says, you mentioned a book, and, there ain't, and people buy them, and so there's none out there. All right, now listen to this. Another definition of righteousness is the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt or inferiority. In other words, there is no consciousness of sin. Sin consciousness will destroy your faith. That is why the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He likes to bring up your past. He will bring up something you've done or something you should have done or even something you didn't do. Did you know that that man will never quite measure up just not in what he did or shouldn't have done, but in what he didn't do and should have done? The devil has always got something to bring up, so you never measure up. You live in a sense of sin consciousness. But if you've already been made righteous because of the blood then what you're doing or didn't do has nothing to do with God's acceptance of you or your prayers getting answered. This is why you need to major on righteousness. Now, you walk in the average church in America and say, I'm the righteousness of God, and you will get rebuked. And I'm talking by the pastor who has never read the book of Romans in his life. The book of Romans is not about there is none righteous, no, not one. That is not what the book of Romans is about. 
the book of Paul wrote the book of Romans to explain to you that there is nobody righteous by you being good, but there is righteousness that was given to you as a gift based on what Jesus. So you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Because you're now one with Jesus, you and Jesus in the eyes of God have become one person. How can you live in condemnation if you and Jesus are one? Does God like Jesus? Well, he likes you. Does, God, does Jesus get his prayers answered? You should. But when you go to God and start praying, you're always going to find out whether you're measuring up. And if you don't, then you're going to call for the elders of the church and have someone else do it for you because you know good and well and God don't give a rip about you. But the pastor, well, he's holier than we are. He prays all week anyway. And he gets paid to pray. This is good. (coughs) Sin consciousness destroys faith. It is a product of religion. However, righteousness consciousness is the product of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Christ is a revelation of righteousness. That's what the whole gospel is about. That means that a born-again believer, you can stand before God without a sense of sin, guilt, or inferiority now and forever. You know what would happen if you died and went to hell? You just leave? Why is that? Because hell is the absence of God. Where is God? Say in you. So if you went to hell, hell would throw you out. Because hell can't hold a man full of God. Now, once you get, once you start getting God inside minded, once you start allowing your mind, I'm going to show you how to do this in a minute. Once you start thinking this way, first of all, everything in your life's going to change. I mean, everything's going to change. Because you're going to quit seeing yourself after your humanity. All right, I'm going to show you something in a minute. I can't, I have to take it easy because we've got Mike here. You can't go too fast with Mike. Everybody, I'm teasing you, Mike. Everybody just runs a little, I got to be honest. You better be. You better be. Everybody runs a little bit of guilt temperature. Guilt says, I didn't do enough. I should have done. I could have done. I wished I would have done. Psychologists say, If people would get rid of guilt, they would get rid of 80% of all patients going to the doctors. People feel guilty. Amen. The source of depression and most mental problems is a sense of guilt or shame. No matter what has happened, whether it was your fault or someone else's, The devil will somehow manage to make you feel bad about it. It may be things or people you don't even know, and the devil is constantly trying to produce guilt because sin consciousness will destroy your faith. That's why people miss church. It isn't they don't love God. They just just feel so unworthy. They have gotten their worth from their job. And we'll get more into that in a minute. Without him, you can do nothing. I know you think you got your job going real good, but you don't. And I know that you think if you work an extra day a week, you make more money. You won't. You're just going to keep losing money. Sin consciousness makes you not want to talk to God because you know he knows and we know and everybody else knows. And you might think, well, I don't want to pray because you feel like you're disqualified or you're unworthy. You really have no expectation of his blessing because sin consciousness leaves you in a state of continuing to try to be accepted by God. And you never get there. Unless you pick up your Bible and you start walking by faith and not by sight. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
I'm going to read something to you. Are you all ready? I'm fixing to unload on you. I'm fixing to unload one on you right now. Y'all y'all act real happy right now. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all seem really, by faith, I think y'all are happy. Now look at this. 5.16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Jesus is not a guy roaming around Galilee with a lamb under his arm. He's the risen king of glory. Now, who are you? You've been made one with him. You see, you see Jesus has raised from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. But you have to start seeing yourself in him. Because if you don't, you will, you will identify your life with the natural. You will identify your life after your flesh. I am a pastor. Well, that is good and bad because as a pastor, I've done good. And as a pastor, I've done bad. So that has an element of failure in it. Your life, no matter what you do, has an element of failure in it. Now, I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, or a school teacher. But your life in Christ has zero failures in it. It doesn't have any failures in it. As a matter of fact, it's perfect. And you can't get more perfect. So if you start getting your identity, see, the world gets their identity by what they do. Christians get their identity by who they are. If the world says, I'm a great football player, well, that's good until he gets old and gets run over by a few bigger guys and they ply him in the dirt and turn him into fertilizer. And then he sits around the house as a fat old man and talks about the glory days when he was a good football player. Come on, I'm preaching good now. And I went to the gym with, with Cody the other day. And I explained to him how, how strong I used to be. But everything has been going south for a while now. Do you all understand that? And so it is with you, so don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <coughs> so I cannot get my worth from my flesh or even my own mind or even my studying or my prayer time or my going to church or as great preachers who think they're hot because they preached a good sermon, God gave it to them. You understand, you've never produced anything good in your life. You know the money you're making? It's a gift. You're not that smart. If God takes his hand off you, you're going to be like Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to be out eating grass like an ox someplace in a pasture somewhere. All he's got to do is just take his hand off of you and you're heading to the pasture. So if you start thinking you're doing pretty good, that's why we need to start giving him some glory. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, we regard no man, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say, I'm in Christ. He's a new creation. The literal Listen, the literal reading of this is not just a new person. It is a new race of humanity that has never existed on the earth before. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you. You are not like everyone else. Now, when they're making them superhero movies, they know there are people on the earth that are from the gods. And here we are. This is, this folks, y'all don't even get excited about that. You, you are a supernatural person, a new birth, born supernaturally by a supernatural God filled with a supernatural Holy Ghost who act like the world. Because you're dumb as a rock. 
No, it's the truth. Until you get your mind renewed to who you are, ah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about most people. Until you get your mind renewed to who you are, you are always going to act. We get our financial system from the world. Why? It's a failure. You're not supposed to be broke. As a matter of fact, during the millennial reign, Jesus is not going to use the banks. Oh, y'all, help me, Jesus. And everyone will be wealthy. Okay. All right. You're a new creation, a new species. Old things passed away. What percentage of old things passed away? See, some of you don't believe that because you still think there's a little bit, you know, I'm I'm still a little bit bad. No, Bob, you're not. Bob is as righteous as God Almighty. That is hard for a human whose mind's not renewed to hear. Now, why am I teaching you this? Because if I can get you to start thinking Bible, you'll start fighting your battles from victory instead of from defeat. I am not trying to become anything. I'm walking out. I am taking what's in me, and it says work out your salvation. I'm working what Jesus put in me to the outside and I'm going from glory to glory, from victory to victory, even as by the Spirit of God. Now go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to show you this in the Bible. Are y'all okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now hold your hat on. (coughs) Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, you know, most people think, man, we had a service and God just fell. Let me tell you something. God came in when you came in. He didn't come in. He didn't come through the roof. He came in here in you. Matter of fact, everywhere you go, he goes. Well, I'll tell you what, you start thinking like this, you're, you're, you'll just be like, are you serious? Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Behold, we all with an unveiled face. Now, in, in, when you get born again, the veil is taken away. The Holy Ghost has unveiled your face so that this is the first time you've ever seen, no one has ever seen this truth until they get born again. This is the mystery that Paul wrote about. He said, I'm going to show you a mystery. This mystery is not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not in there. It's not in the Old Testament. Paul wrote it. But we all with an unveiled face, behold, as in a mirror, say the Bible, the glory of the Lord. What is the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is the manifest presence of God that was in Jesus. Was God in Jesus? Yes, Where is God now? In you. All right, now look at this. Behold, as in a mirror, the word, the glory of the Lord in me, we are being transformed into the same image of Jesus. How? From glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. Looking at how bad you are doesn't fix your problems. Looking at how bad the devil's whooping on you does not help you. That's why he's whooping on you. To get your eyes off the word and onto your problem so you whine about it all day. But if you picked it up and said, well, I'm complete. I'm a new creation. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. What am I whining about? The more you're meditating on that word of God, the more you see it. You've got to see it. And it's scary to start seeing yourself in Jesus as perfect. 
T.L. Osborne said that he wrote in a book and he saw there was a man on the street corner and he was a bum and he was sitting on a bench and he was in rags and a man came by and he says, may I, may I draw you? And the bum, he said, I'll give you some money if you let me draw you. And he says, yeah. So the bum sat on the, on the bench and the man drew him. And he says, he drew him for an hour, two hours, three hours. Finally, the man said, when are you going to get done? He said, just a minute, just a minute. I'm not done yet. Finally, after four hours, he said, okay, I've got you. He says, can I see it? And he says, yes, you can. And he turned and he saw himself sitting on the bench in a tuxedo, wealthy. And the man looked at the painter and said, is that what you see? He said, it is. He said, then that's what I will be. You're never going to be anything you don't see first. If you can't see it, you'll never go there. I just, I just unloaded. A, if you don't, I'm, I'm just struggling with all this sickness. No, 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 listen, listen. I'm not sick trying to get healed. I hadn't been. I'm not fighting from defeat. I'm not saying that I don't have trials. I'm not saying I don't have mountains, but I'm not the sick. Are y'all seeing this? I had to see myself preaching when I couldn't. I had to see myself flying airplanes when I couldn't understand most of what I was reading in the book. I had to see myself doing the things that I'm doing today long before. It's called the power of your imagination. God had to get Abraham to see himself with kids. The woman with the issue of blood saw herself well. If God can't get you to see it, he can't take you there. That's why there's a massive faith problem in the church today because I'm preaching and you're sitting back there seeing yourself sick and dead and broke and good for nothing, sorry, no good, worthless Christians. And it's not true. And then you go home and you don't even pick up the Bible I was using for another two weeks. You don't see it but you can't find you without the mirror. You will never see who you are without that book. But when you pick it up and it says, I'm complete in him. I am delivered from all of the authority of the enemy and all hell's breaking loose against you. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Well, when I was a young boy, just got born again, I would lay in my bed at night, Paul, and I would imagine laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. Paul, I lived in a house with no carpet. I lived in a house with no air conditioner and no heater. I lived in a house, there wasn't, we had a pot-bellied wood stove in the kitchen for heat. And I saw myself. I started reading my Bible and I started seeing myself doing what I'm doing now. And I didn't have the money to buy a Coca-Cola. But I saw it. I started seeing it. The language of the Holy Spirit will always be vision. Now, there's a little sign out there that says, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. (coughs) So Satan works overtime to get you see yourself defeated. That's all pity is. Poor me. Poor me. Someone done me wrong. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. They did do you wrong. You're right. Is anybody okay with all this? All right, I got another scripture too. Four eighteen. While we do not look at the things that are seen. You might want to get your eyes off of them. They're temporary. But the things which are not seen, for the things which are temporary, the things that are seen are temporary, and the things that are not seen 
are eternal. How do you see what you can't see? The only way is the Bible. The only way to see it. There's only one mirror that you can ever get a reflection of you, and that's the Word of God. And when you open it up and you start reading who you are in Christ, you go, whoa. You ready for one more? As he is, so am I in the earth. Now, this is not going to happen because you said it once. Your brain will kick it out. Ah, that's a bunch of crap. I'm going to tell you when I quit sinning, when I declared sin has no dominion over me. Once I declared it, I went, what do I need is sinful. I mean, if God is for me, I don't need to steal. I don't need to lie. I don't need to do anything wrong. What do I need to do wrong? Sin has no dominion over me. And then it dawned on me, well, that means sickness has no dominion over me. So I quit seeing myself dead. And I'll tell you something else. I quit seeing myself old. That's why I won't go to seniors. No, I'm teasing all the seniors. I'm, I'm going to quit. I quit. You, Lisa's, Catherine's, I quit. Lisa's like, I want to go to seniors. I said, well, you need to. You're getting old. She's getting gray hair. She covers it up. She washes it all away. No, that's not why. I don't, no, we do go. But you have to understand. Now, now, I think it was Andrew Womack wrote a book. Um, and what was the name of that? Don't Limit God. And he talked about the power of your imagination. And I'm not talking about just making up fruity stuff in your head. But I'm talking about letting the Bible control your thought life. And when you do, you're going to change. There's nothing impossible with you. Now you think about that a minute. Anything anybody can do, you can do it. I told Mike this one day, I said, you know why I don't play golf? Every, every sport I get into, I get crazy. At least we'll tell you, I get crazy. But I will tell you this, if I took it up, I'd be a master. You say, well, you're bragging. No, because I would watch masters play. And when I would watch them play, I would see me doing it. Now, you wouldn't, I wouldn't change in a week. Maybe not a year. You keep seeing it. You can do it. You can do anything you want to do. Not heavy. Now, you can also screw your whole life up if you want to. Sit around how, how somebody don't done your wrong song and listen to country western music. And Most people never use their mind for much of nothing. They just completely waste their mind. There's no, man, there are all the things you could know and do while you're on this planet. You know, I've got to tell you a story. It's, it's, it's about Justin, but Justin, it's good, I promise. You know, our family has always been just a little wild. So one day, the teacher calls Lisa and said, um, we need to talk to you about Justin. And Lisa said, what, what about? She he said, well, I think he lies a lot. And Lisa goes, well, I don't think he lies much. Well, he's come up with some pretty big doozies. And so Lisa goes down to Hampton DeBow and talks to the teacher. And she says, well, first of all, what's this about flying airplanes over the pasture and scaring mom and and Lisa looked at her and said, well, my husband and the boys did do that the other day. She goes, oh, really? She said, well, then what about this one? Your husband out in the ocean, sharks are all around him. One of them's keeping the sharks off. The other one's coming in with a fish. She said, Miss Morgan, that's just, she goes, well, the truth is that's true too. She said, well, we just can't handle the raising the guy from the dead in India. Lisa said, well, that's true too. 
you know, when people hang around, when they, when they hear stories like this to the average person, that's like wild. But in our home, that was kind of normal. We did all kind of wild stuff. If we, if we thought it, we just went and did it. Is this helping anybody? I want you to look at Philemon and then we'll close with this. I'll get you out of here a few minutes early. What you think about that? Look at Philemon. Does this help y'all? Let me make sure I... Philemon 1.6. Now look at this scripture. I'm going to wait for them to put it up on the screen. I didn't give it to her, so... Oh, she's not even up there, so she's up there. Look at this scripture. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. What does that mean? That means the more you're pulling this Bible out and reading it in the first person, I'm going to read it to you. I have several translations at home that I will turn into confessions. Now, what I mean by that is I'm not trying to confess something to get God to do it. That's not biblical confession. The word confession means to say the same thing as. All confessing the word is, is saying about yourself what God said about you. You're not going to get your mind renewed unless you say about you what he said. When you start saying it, your brain will argue with you. It'll say, how? Your brain is not that smart compared to God. Colossians. one twelve, Give thanks to the Father who qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered me from the power of darkness and conveyed or placed me into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of my sins. I'll tell you something, you read that over yourself, you know, about three or four or five, six times a day for a couple of months. I'm gonna tell you, start changing your thinking. You'll stop thinking Poor me. Your brain wants to keep going. Well, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get it. And you're going to go over into, I already got this. And I'll explain that to you in a minute. <coughs> Verse 27. To them, God willed to make known what the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Where is he? Why are you running around saying I need more power? Where is he? Man, he's inside you. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. You need to quit trying to change everyone around you. They are not your problem. And they're not listening to you anyway. You do not need to change the people around you for you to have a better life. All you need is to change your thinking. God can bless you living in a house full of numbnuts. I'm gonna tell you something, it's very frustrating to live with people who are numbnuts and you think you gotta change them so you can have some peace of mind. And they don't wanna change. And all you do is argue and fight. You don't need to do it. All you need to do is get rooted in who you are. Like Mark said, just laugh about it. Uh-huh. All right. I'm just going to read these to you. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
That's a powerful thing to read to yourself. I died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Let me read another one to you. Uh, you get me started, I'll start a confession all night long. Uh, here's one of my favorite. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made me accepted in the beloved. Wow. What are you talking about acceptance? Yeah. If God has accepted you, it don't matter what nobody thinks. God does not bless you because of you. He blesses you because of him. Now, he blesses you because of your faith in what? In what Jesus did. Now, all you need to do to please God. Now, this is it. It's so simple. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Yes. Well, if you believe in that, it says this is the work that God gave you to do, the work that you believe on his son whom he sent yes. and that he did it for you. That faith makes you accepted by God. If God likes you, then nothing else matters. Amen. Now you're talking about changing the way you think about yourself. I hadn't got y'all excited yet. I don't know what. I'll have to try again next Wednesday. I got one more. We'll do this all night. This I want to learn. Did you receive the new birth because you kept the law or the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, you're now made perfect by what you do in the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain, vain, if it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and does miracles among you, is he doing it because you're keeping the law or because of your faith in Jesus? Your faith in Jesus. You can still get miracles today the same way you got them the day you got born again. If you'd quit looking at yourself. Amen. Because of the blood? Ha, ha, ha. God's going to answer this prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I have a really big prayer, God. But then again, you answered all of my prayers because of Jesus, and I know you'll answer this one. And you start sleeping at night. You're like, I'm sleeping at night all night because I don't have anything to worry about. All right. I can't let you all out of here early. I don't know what to do with that. Does this help you a little tiny bit? Well, if you don't get excited, I'm going to keep going all night long. I want to read another one out of this book, and we'll quit. Shame is at the root of all self-defeating behavior. When people feel worthless, they really don't need the devil to kill them. They will kill themselves. Psychologists go on to say, anytime you find an addiction, whether it's an eating addiction, a drug addiction, a spending addiction, or an approval addiction, you're going to find shame at the root of all addiction. Well, what if there ain't no shame? What if there is none? What if he took it all? All low-grade faith comes from low-grade fellowship with God. Out of a rich fellowship with God comes a faith that enables you to see things from a supernatural perspective and open the doors to possibilities. You come out of his presence with a bold confession that will move mountains. Spending time with God is the only way you're ever going to have great faith. But it can't be because you feel guilty. You're not praying because you feel guilty. Man, I got to go down there on Monday night and pray with them women. If I don't pray for one hour, my marriage is going to fall apart. Man, my God, I got to gotta pray all hell off my house. I gotta, man, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying. We know it. We can see your face. You look ugly. You're terrible looking. You're ugly. Well, what if he walked into the throne room and said, Heavenly Father, that knucklehead's at it again. But I've come in here tonight, and I'm going to talk to you about it, and we'll see what we can do with old Billy Bob. But if not, I happen to know that no matter what happens, you got this. So I'm just going to pray and spend some time with you and pray in the Spirit, and I'll be happy all night and happy when I go home and cook dinner for him. Hallelujah. Do you see the difference? Say, everybody say, that was good preaching. That was good preaching. I couldn't tell it by y'all's faces. You looked a little excited. Accepted in the beloved. What was that scripture? 
Ephesians chapter 1. I have a Bible at home. It's called a Weymouth. Years ago, when I first started learning this, I had a really hard time accepting this. Do you understand? The first time I ever called myself righteous, my brain kicked it out. No, yeah, it ain't you. It might be someone else, but it ain't you. There's a lot of things you don't understand. You don't have to have understand them to have faith in it. So I got me a Bible. That was one, six. So I got me a Bible, one of those kind that's easy to read. And I'd find scriptures I wanted to confess about myself. And I would mark them in that Bible. And then, so now I don't have to write them down because if I write it, I can't read what I wrote. Because I write in tongues and there's nobody to interpret. <laughs> Where is Betty Lowe? She's up there in the booth. Betty can read my writing. Do you understand that's a gift from God? <laughs> and I think that if she can't read it, she just makes up something and writes it anyway. And what she writes is better than what I wrote anyway, so it don't matter. I started taking these scriptures and marking them. And when I did, my insides would jump. I would read these and go, oh, my God, this is awesome. My brain fought me. And I would confess the word, and my brain would go, how? How? How does this work? Because you're saying it. How does God? How? I mean, your brain doesn't know, so it fights you. But I would just do it, and sometimes I would quit doing it. And God would bring me back over and say, I need you to get back on the word. Start confessing who you are in Christ. And I'd pick it up and start reading it again, who I am in Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're at your lowest point, there's only one guy on the planet who believes in you. And he wrote you a letter called the Bible. And the only way to read that Bible to yourself out loud is for you to read the love letter to yourself. I have accepted you. In the beloved, you're more than a conqueror. The greater one's in you. The prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But you need to hear yourself read those scriptures to yourself. Because you're not going to change outwardly until you change inwardly. You've got to start reading it this way. Now, most faith failures are because people come up in church and they want someone to pray for them. But when you get home, you still see yourself sick. And even though the anointing came on you, it didn't do any good. You aborted it because you didn't pick up your Bible. Most of that's because of unworthiness. Just to sin, sin consciousness. So that's why I'm doing this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to, to start reading these things in your Bible to get you out of a sense of sin consciousness. You see, I'd like to teach you more about how to pray. But if I teach you how to pray and you don't know who you are in Christ, you'll do it as a duty instead of as working with God. It's fun to pray when you go, God, let's go change something. Let's pray. That's fun. When you're witnessing and ministering to people, it's fun. And lot Christian, Christianity is fun when you're working with him. But if you're trying to earn something, you're always behind the eight ball. Does this make sense? Okay, I'm, I'm quitting one minute early now. I finally did it. I got that other seven minutes. I used it up. Does this help y'all? You want to continue down this vein a little bit more? Are you all okay? Yeah. Say, I've been made, I've been made. the very righteousness of God. Righteousness. I, am I am who God says I am. I can do, I can do everything God says I can do. I have been born again of God. I am a new creation. 
I'm a new race that never existed before. And God lives inside of me. All things are possible to me because I'm a believer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father God, for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to share the Word of God. And we just bless the people that came tonight. And I pray, Father God, that a revelation that we'll walk out of here tonight and go, wow, I'm starting to see this. Father, if we just see it, then then this will be awesome. If we just start seeing that you've already finished our whole redemption and handed it to us, it's a done deal. And all we've got to do is walk in it by faith. We're not trying to get anything. It's already been done. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.